0: Thanks for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> so we my got, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, we got Danny Main here with the MWCIA. Correct. Minnesota Workers Compensation Insurers Association. Correct. Got it right. And you are a underwriting, underwriting. specialist. Underwriting specialist. Correct. So is that different from a regular underwriting?
1: Yes, kind of. <laughs> um, And I I preface that with kind of, uh, typically underwriters, um, because I've, I've held both, both positions,
0: both positions is both as like an underwriter and a specialist. And yeah, and, and it's
1: what I do now. Um, so as a typical underwriter, you're literally underwriting the entire file. Like you're looking at loss history and all this other stuff. Um, we are the front end administrator of the assigned risk plan.
0: The front end administrator of the assigned risk plan. Plan. okay for so workers compensation okay so I think we got to rewind a little bit yep. so the MWCIA is the workers compensation rating bureau in the state of Minnesota yeah many states use the NCCI
1: correct but Minnesota is the special. independent yep
0: why is Minnesota special right do you know why
1: um honestly I don't uh that would be a question <laughs> for Jeff Quam he probably would know that um there are quite a few independent bureaus. Um, just oh. off the top of my head, New Jersey has one, California has one, um, Delaware, um, New York, Wisconsin. Okay. I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but those are the ones that I can think of right now. Yeah. Um, but there are quite a few that have their own independent bureaus, yeah. so it's not necessarily, a, a, you know, we're just kind of the odd man out. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. And would you say, like, what would be the main job of the MWCI is? So, uh, you know, all the de- data for a business, because you know, a lot of people watching this is going to be business owners. Yeah. So their payroll information and their work comp loss history, their claims get reported from their insurance company over to you guys. Correct. And then you take that information and plug it into these complicated formulas and come up with an experience mod.
1: Yep, that's right? part of what we do. That's yep. part
0: of it. And then that experience mod is used as part of the business owner's workers' compensation premium calculation. The higher the mod typically, the more expensive their worker comp insurance is gonna be, the lower yep. the mod. They get a credit. Yeah, so yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. And I can get into that a little bit if you want me to.
0: Okay, um, so that's one piece. Yep. And then you got this assigned risk piece that you guys deal with, right? Yep. Um, Would you say um, the assigned risk comes into play when um, the business owner can't find workers' comp insurance someplace else? Correct. So it's either they have a lot of claims or uh, maybe like a one-man show. Correct. Right? Show up in the assigned risk. Yeah. Some Um, people
1: because they're brand new in business, too. There are some markets that yes. just won't write people because they're brand new in business.
0: Or really, maybe strange risks. like right. uh, unusual
1: ones that they're not used to.
0: Yeah, like, hey, I started a business a couple of years ago and we changed the light bulbs on top of these cell phone towers.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be one that would come to us, yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Most insurance companies are gonna be like, uh, no thank you. Right. Yeah, right. So you guys will call. So, besides the mod and the assigned risk piece, um you guys do anything else? Or is that the, kind of the, the, the main?
1: Well, those is? are those are the ones that I feel most comfortable talking about because that's my department. Um, sure. We do have a lot of other departments. Um, we do have. Uh, policy reporting department and they help the carriers when they are doing the reporting of the information Okay. so they are the ones that help with all of the different systems for the carriers when they start sending in the information okay. and how to fill out all the different things and if something gets stuck between their system and ours how to do that that's yeah. a whole separate department I can talk about it about this much
0: that sounds like more like where your husband should work uh, An IT person. Potentially, I mean, yeah. yes.
1: Yeah. Um, we also have a, a giant IT department um, because we did start at the MWCIA. Um, we have some programs that are actually used by the other independent DCOs like us, and we all formed a kind of a, a little cohesive unit, and we work together on some stuff like that. And so okay. we do have a very robust ID department, IT department.
0: yeah.
1: Um, so we do have that as well. And then um, probably the other one that I don't, I couldn't really give you like a giant, yeah, this is every single thing they do mm-hmm. um, is our actuarial department. And they are probably the next biggest department behind the underwriting department. And they are probably, because they drive what we do.
0: Yeah, um,
1: You know, our actuarial department is the department that takes a look at all those numbers that come in and, rates. Right, and they come up with the rates and the base rates and, yeah. you know, and trends and data. And so if you're a numbers cruncher and you need a job, <laughs> actuarial. Of, yeah, a bunch of math nerds,
0: right?
1: Well, I, I'm not even going to call them nerds because a lot of them are a lot more cool than I am. Oh. <laughs> so. Fair, enough. Fair enough.
0: Okay, so a business owner who employs, I don't know, 50 people and they're paying... Uh, a couple hundred thousand on their workers' comp insurance. Should uh, pay attention to this because if they're located in Minnesota uh, and they don't do work outside of Minnesota, now, that's another question. So, a contractor or manufacturer, whoever, uh, does work in Minnesota and outside of Minnesota, mm-hmm. and the outside Minnesota falls in like a uh, like an NCCI state. I don't know how this works exactly. So, uh, or if they do work in Wisconsin, let's say they do work in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Would that, their experience mod be calculated by the NCCI, correct? Okay. All right.
1: So, um, even I, though I they... cannot speak for the NCCI, but um, the NCCI has, with the individual DCOs, some of them, not all, they have an agreement in place that if it is a multi-state operation, they will calculate the mod. Okay. And then as far as Minnesota goes, I can't speak for any other state, but as far as Minnesota goes, um, when NCCI calculates that mod, mm-hmm. NCCI is given the information just like we are directly from the carrier. Yeah. So we will literally, if we have already issued a mod, we will pull ours back and use theirs because we will only have information for Minnesota. They have it for everybody. Okay. And it, that makes a huge difference for an employer because yeah. if we're only looking at Minnesota numbers, they could be getting a much lower mod and we wouldn't know. So sure. it's, it's important to have all of the data when you're doing that.
0: Yeah. And um, you know, it, I think it's important for business owners to understand the impact of the experience mod on their premium because uh, I see a lot of business owners who just want to play what I call the quote game. Yeah, you know, every year Yeah, every year they have two or three agents come in. They say, "You know, here's my deck sheets, here's my last runs, go find the best price, yeah. bring it back, lowest price wins." That's it. So, that's, you know, approach A. I think a better approach, approach B is find a risk manager or an agent that is well-versed in how to lower your experience mod as close to your minimum mod as possible. That's where the real savings are, I feel. So, you know, let's say your mod is a 1.0 and they are paying $100,000 in work comp. Now, if their mod goes up to a 2.0, more than likely, I mean, it's not exactly, but more than likely they might be paying if they can find insurance, Two hundred thousand. It's a multiple, right? Correct. Yep. Now, if they can get that mod down to their minimum mod, and let's say their minimum mod is a zero point seven, maybe now they'll be paying close to seventy thousand on that work comp policy. So, rather than uh, you know a business owner focusing on saving five percent here and there by playing this quote game and you know reviewing the quotes from the different agents, going at the cheapest price, and maybe saving five percent, you know, I feel like. All insurance companies got to be relatively competitive, or else they're going to go out of business. So they're all, you know, relatively close. Rather than do that, go with Plan B. Focus on the mod, drive that down by doing things, implementing things like better hiring practices, hiring the right, right. people, right? right. Uh, better safety training, correct. Making sure you're OSHA compliant, making sure you're managing those injuries correctly. Maybe networking with a good occupational medicine doctor. That you're sending your new hires to for pre-placement exams, or you're sending your injuries over to to, to, to get treatment, and you want to send them over to this good OCH doctor because he's in favor of early return to work programs. And if we can, you know, eliminate the indemnity piece of that claim and keep it as medical only,
1: right? And and that's that's the key that you just said is you have to eliminate the indemnity portion. Now, a, a couple of things that. Um, I I need to unpack here just because I know that some people are going to be listening um, that may not understand this. Please know that you cannot force an an injured employee to go to anybody that you want them to see. Mm -hmm. If that injured employee comes to you and says, I want to see my own doctor, you have to let them go there. However, what you said with, you know, have, have a clinic or something that you can send an injured employee to. That's not a bad thing at all. That's actually quite a, a boon for you um, as a business owner. So yeah. how that looks is, um, you know, let's say I work for you, Jason, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm cool. super clumsy, freely admitted. Clearly. Um. So I, you know, I'm up giving a presentation or whatever, and I'm pacing back and forth across the room. I trip, fall, sprain my ankle, right? Right. Yeah. So I call you up, and I'm like, Jason, I tripped and fell. And you're like, God, Danny, again? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, well, where are you right now? Okay, well, you know what? The Alina Clinic, two blocks up from our office, has all of our work comp information. So just go into that Alina Clinic and tell them your name, that you work with our office, and that you got injured when you were on the job. Then you, as the business owner, know all of your information is already with that clinic. They already got it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to know, they already know who to call. They have the phone numbers. They have your policy number. They have all that. Job
0: descriptions, maybe. Right.
1: Right. So they could have all of that already on file. Like, this is what this company does. This is, you know. And then the only thing you have to do as a business owner is pick up your phone and call the 1-800 number on your policy and be like, yep, I just sent them to the clinic that has all of our information and you being the good agent you are, I'm sure if your insured has something like that, you're gonna already know that and you're already gonna have told the insurance company. So the right. insurance company's already gonna have that on file. Right. So as a business owner, that business owner basically just saved themselves how much paperwork time? They don't right. have to fill anything out. They don't have to jump through hoops, you know, none of that. Right. Now if their injured employee says, Nope, I'm not doing that. I go to you a family
0: doctor that I've seen for the last 20 years. Right,
1: over at Ridgeview or wherever, then okay, good, let me know how that, you know, let me know how that goes. I'm going to call and turn in a claim, you know, so can you tell me what the name of the clinic is and the name of your doctor?
0: Yeah. And
1: then just pick up the phone, call that 800 number, give that to the insurance company, and then let the insurance company do it. Right. So.
0: Now, have you heard of the union contractors workers' compensation program?
1: You know, that has been brought up to us a couple of times. I honestly, I have no idea how that works. Um, We've had agents call and ask us, um, but I honestly, I I don't know anybody who's involved in that program, so I can't speak about it at all.
0: Yeah, so I got a few of my clients. I recommend all my union contractors to become part of the program for several reasons. One, um, first of all, there's a fee, okay? The fee Mm -hmm. is a percentage of the payroll that is union considered union payroll okay Mm -hmm. so that's that's how they calculate the fee to become a part of the program but one of the perks is they get five percent off their work comp premium so they talk to the underwriter over at the carrier it Mm -hmm. has to be a participating carrier but most of the major players in minnesota for work comp carriers are part of the program okay and uh yeah right on the deck sheet it shows the 5% discount so that discount more than pays for the cost of the program right, right? but uh, one of the main benefits uh, according to them and uh, I'm gonna screw up some of the terminology but uh, because they're part of a union and the legal contracts that form the union that the employer uh, employee and the union all agree to and sign and all that, that allows them to then straight up dictate, you are going to go see Minnesota Occupational Health for that injury.
1: I don't know if that's, um, I would uh, tell you that I would check with the Minnesota Department of Labor and Industry on that. Yeah. Um, there are very specific laws uh, based around injured employees in the state. Yeah. And that is not our purview. We aren't granted that purview through our license at MWCIA. Uh Um, But the Department of Labor and Industry has an entire workers compensation section on their website. Mm -hmm. And one of them is for injured workers. And so I would definitely suggest calling there and making sure that that program is okay. Yeah. Um,
0: And you know, not only that. The last
1: thing I'd want to see is a fine.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't want anybody to get a fine, so right. call a check. <laughs> yeah.
0: So if you go on their, their, their website, I forget that there's a um, uh, an entity, a business in Minnesota that takes care of this UCWCP sign-up process, registration process. But if you go on their website, you can actually print off a list of all the contractors that are part of this program. Mm-hmm. And also you can print off a list that of all the preferred medical providers that are part of the program, and uh, the members are obligated to send all their injuries to one of these providers that are on the list.
1: Yeah, that's the part that concerns me. Um, (laughs) Again, we we cannot interpret statute, but I will tell you, um, there is statute in Minnesota around injured workers. Now, um, again, that's not our purview. Uh, you can go out to the Minnesota Reviser of Statutes and look that up Mm -hmm. Um, but I would definitely talk to them and the if you have questions if you start reading those statutes and you have questions once you start digging into them like Okay, wh- what does this language actually mean? Yeah. because I mean, it's it's a statute. It's yeah. it's not. It's yeah. going to be very clear. <laughs> I speak English, um, right? Yeah. Um, so, if you have questions, once you start digging into there, there is um, an office at the Minnesota Department of Labor and Industry called the Ombudsman's Office.
0: Ombudsman.
1: Ombudsman. O M. Oh, geez. Okay. B U D S. M A N, office. Yep, yeah. that's basically the um, statute slash attorney's office at the Minnesota Department of Labor and Industry. So if you start reading statute and you have a, a very specific question about interpretation, yep, that's the office that you call,
0: and and it's a free service. Yeah, yeah and they're not going charge me three hundred nope. bucks an hour. Nope. All right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Uh, That's what they're there for. Um, The Minnesota Department of Labor and Industry also has a dedicated hotline. Um, If you call in, and I can Google it on my phone and find that phone number for you, Um, Mm -hmm. and it's option three when you call in. And there are dedicated people just to answer work comp questions. And so depending on what the question is, they may be able to even answer that for you. Okay. So, I mean, if it's a question that's a common question, they may be able to do that for you.
0: It's interesting how the Department of Labor, OSHA, MWCIA, all you guys are working together you know for the for the greater good you know it's a lot of different uh, entities that kind of get their hands in you know safety work comp and
1: right right it's a
0: little confusing sometimes on okay who do I reach out to for this question right
1: you Um, you can always call our office at the MWCIA if it's not us um, if, if we don't handle that Um, We will do exactly what I just did and say, nope. this is who you have to call These are the people that are the ruling entity that can tell you the answer that you are looking for Whether it's the answer you want to hear. I can't tell you but they can tell you the answer that that's the actual correct one Um, So but you can by all means anybody who's listening to this you can always call us at MWCIA We are more than willing to um, You know answer questions or direct you to the right people. That's what we're there for.
0: Yeah, I'm not afraid to ask questions. No, no. So that that I mean that brings up a question. You know, I email you or underwriters or Mwca quite a bit. Do you do you get uh, many agents, insurance agents, you know, contacting you guys with questions all the time?
1: Yeah, all the yes. That is the primary bulk of our calls actually. Yeah, is uh, Uh, is insurance agents. Okay. Um, and I will say for anyone listening to this podcast, um, I actually teach a class uh, pre-COVID hopefully once um, immunity and stuff is out we can get back to it with the Minnesota Department of Employment and Economic Development the Minnesota IRS um, some folks from DLI and the Fed IRS Um, and I can send you the link to that for your employers to sign up. Um, Anybody who's ever been in business in Minnesota even if you've done it for 50 years somebody who's brand new in, in business in Minnesota is a great class to go to. I mean, we literally, we touch on everything, including work comp in that class. Huh. Um, but part of why I say that is, is when you say we are intertwined with all of them. Yes, we are. Yeah. We aren't a state agency. Um, we are the Minnesota Workers' Compensation Insurers Association. Yeah. Um, but we are a nonprofit. We aren't a state organization like Minnesota DLI or um you know the department of employment and economic development Uh, we have our own separate license um, that allows us to operate and do what we do and we have to file that with commerce every year Um, now part of that license though says that we will um, help i i I, the the word is escaping me i don't want to say control because we have no control over work comp in minnesota okay um that's not within our purview but we will help give information out guide. to, yes, guide, thank you, that's a great word. We will help guide some of these other agencies. Sure. Um, so things that we do is, you know, we have the manuals. We are the people that put together the manuals and do the manuals. We are the people that do the work comp filings in the state, okay. um, you know, for things like the um, TRIA that just okay. got renewed, things like that. You know, we are the entity that does that for the work comp portion. Gotcha. Um, so we do have, our systems do talk to, let's say, DLI. Mm-hmm. DLI systems, then we'll talk to the Minnesota Department of Employment and Economic Development Systems. So, like, if you have employees and you have a Minnesota unemployment ID number, mm-hmm. DLI is going to know that, and then DLI is going to come to us and say, okay, we're the enforcement division, we're being told this company over here has employees, but we don't see a work count policy. Can you... Check your records and tell us if they have a a work comp policy. Does that, does that happen? Yeah. Companies
0: it. with employees, they just unfortunately they don't buy work comp. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, yeah. I, I've I've known businesses that have gone under for that, and and I actually yes, and I actually have a story about an. In, I've been in insurance for a long time. <laughs> um, I was an agent. I was a CSA. I've been an underwriting assistant, and I've been an underwriter. Um.
0: So you're like a regular retail agent?
1: Yes. Personal lines or
0: commercial? or both?
1: Commercial. Both, actually. Okay. I did both. And I will tell you, um, commercial lines is so much better than personal lines, <laughs> personally. <laughs> it's way more fun, I think. Uh, uh, yes, it uh, is. I mean, you learn something new every day. It's it's crazy. That's one of the reasons why I love my job. Um, let's see work here. Fine. Um, work comp, Minnesota, DLI.
0: No, I think like the state of Texas, they don't even require employers to have
1: work comp. Have you heard that? Okay, so and I know, everybody has it I know it this. I know this from my previous job being an underwriter and work comp at a brokerage firm. Texas and Florida are insane areas. As an insurance agent, I would tell you, just walk away. <laughs> just walk away. Um, there is laws in both of those states. Florida, I'm just. It's completely confusing. I still don't understand what Florida's are. Taxes, you have to have over a certain number of employees before you're required to have oh, okay. work comp. And the companies do all sorts of things, um, including like splitting out different branches of their company into oh. different So I got five entities. employees here and
0: six right. employees there. And, yeah, right. So they don't exceed the so, threshold. Right. So
1: it, it can really um, be interesting. Yeah, um, let's see here. I'm trying to find that. Um, you're probably going to want to edit this one out. <laughs> that's, I have
0: that.
1: See, the problem is is that I don't have my work computer where I have all of that saved. Oh, that's OK. Um, you know, okay. I, can, I can email it to you.
0: But I'm, I'm interested to hear about the, the story, the, what happened to the company that got fined. OK, so. So what kind of company was it?
1: Um, the owner actually owned two businesses. And okay. and that will, that will mean something here in a minute. So, um, the the owner. I'm not going to say what the businesses were. I'll just say the owner owned two businesses. Can you of, say
0: what kind they were?
1: Um, no, because it's local. Oh. Okay. So I'll just say it's this is this is a local thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just leave it at that. Um, two different counties. Um. Wright County and McLeod. Okay. Um, I know
0: what that is. No, I'm kidding. Go
1: ahead. So, um, <laughs> he's actually back in business now, okay. I think, but not in our, not in our area. Um, so, the owner had about, geez, I don't know, what was it, 20 employees, I think? Um, I really wish I would have brought my script from my class because I can't remember it off the top of my head and it's numbers, but... He had like, I think, 20 employees. And we end up getting a phone call from the Department of Labor and Industry while I'm working at this agency as an agent. And they're like, hey, we have you down as the last agency. Mm. Did did you write him work comp coverage anywhere? No. Mm. They're like, so you don't know what happened? And I'm like, no, can I ask why you're asking? And long and the short of it was, lot of hemming and hawing they finally told me there was loss and it was a fatality oh so they were looking for coverage because obviously you don't want to have to go to the state fund if there's coverage right you you don't want to have to use that Um, so they were just trying to find coverage Um, we did not have it so me being kind of an insurance nerd I'm like well did he have it anywhere Right? right. So then I just started following it <laughs> in, in the news because I'm like, you know, I, I just got to know I'm an insurance nerd. Well, turns out he didn't. When he left us, we made him sign a form that said, I am aware that if I do not carry a workers' compensation coverage, I am subject to the following um, fine and penalty. And, we ma- and I, I made him sign it. I made him sign it and date it before he left my office because I'm like I'm offering this to you. If you don't want it, you are going to sign on the dotted line because I will not have my E&O come back on me. Yeah. That That's smart. You know. Smart with so that. so I made him sign it. Yeah. And so I went back and I looked at the date that he signed it, and then I went forward and I looked to the date of the accident and it was a year and a half, Later. 2 years. And he had about 20 employees. Right. Yeah.
0: Close like, the doors.
1: Like, that's that's huge. Like, there's <laughs> unless you're, like, 3M, General Mills, you're not going to be able to pay that, right? Yeah. Um, so, a lot of the people in my class ask when I actually, like, read this off. Because I literally pull out my notes from it. So, I know I'm using the correct numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of the people in my class go... Whoa, how come that never made the news? How come we never heard about that? Well, you didn't hear about it because the state didn't levy the fine. Why didn't the state levy the fine? Because the guy was on the train with the man in black on his way to Folsom for embezzling from his other company in McLeod County. Which Which was why he stopped paying for all of his insurance policies because he needed the money because he was trying to... Oh, what's going on in McLeod County? No. Oh, my gosh. What so, oh, a nice. Yeah, so it was really interesting. And, and a couple of my coworkers, you know, every now and again will <laughs> still get a random email. Hey, look who's back in the news. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh,
0: my gosh.
1: So, yeah.
0: Yeah, not good. Okay, so now that people got a little bit of a backstory on what the MWCIA is all about, And, uh, you are an underwriter, underwriting specialist for the MWCIA. And, um, can you give me, uh, a little backstory about, you know, little Danny growing up in Howard Lake, right? Yeah.
1: I grew Uh, up in Howard Lake.
0: Yep. Um, what's kind of taken place from little Danny in Howard Lake to where you are now as an underwriting specialist at MWCIA, just kind of take us through a timeline of what transpired between
1: that and now. So, um, like most people, I fell into the insurance career. Yeah, and um, I would I would tell anybody who's listening to this that has, anyone that's teenagers going into college, anything, seriously look into an insurance career. There's so much to do in an insurance career. Yeah. And when you hear about it when you're a kid, when you hear your parents or somebody talking about, oh, I'm going to go see the insurance guy, they always say it grudgingly, like, oh, I got to go deal with it. No, there's so much to do. You can do so many different things. You're literally putting people's lives back together if they have a problem. It's crazy. You've experienced
0: many of those. Yes. I guess the next step for you is become an actuary.
1: (laughs) No, I am not that (laughs) good at math. I'm really not. That's why I was saying, boy, I really wish I had my notes. I am no good with numbers. No numbers for this chick. Um, So uh, what happened? Let's see. I grew up in Howard Lake. Uh, I went to Howard Lake Waverly Winstead Public Schools. Graduated. um, Went to Bemidji State with the thought that I would be an English teacher with a French minor. Oh. Um, Why French? Just liked it.
0: Um, Can you speak French now?
1: Um, A little bit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a very interesting accent, I guess. Uh, One of my teachers was from Normandy and the other one was from Paris. So when someone actually listens that knows French and is from France, hears me speak, they're like... (laughs) I guess it's like the what difference is, between yeah, Alabama yeah. and New York. I guess so. It's they're it's still just all like, English,
0: but way different.
1: Right? <laughs> they're like, whoa, what happened there? Um, so that's kind of a funny thing for me. Um, but that's a um, good
0: comparison: the New York accent to Alabama accent. Yeah,
1: and, and they, I mean, literally, like one of one of the people that I met um, in at Bemidji was actually a transfer student from France. <laughs> And was one of the tutors that was helping in, in the French class. And I went from my very first professor was from Normandy, which apparently is, I guess, like the Alabama side of it. <laughs> and my other teacher, the one that I had the longest, was from Paris. The New York and, side. and that's like the New York side. <laughs> and so the, this this poor girl would just like, she would physically, she would be like, can you say this? Just here's <laughs> <you're so> the weird... <laughs> I'm like, please don't. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of funny. Um, but let's Okay, see. so you're
0: gonna be an English teacher with a French minor. Yep. And the then I Bemidji just Bemidji State. Yep, I Why just, did you choose Bemidji?
1: Um actually, uh I high school sweethearts with my husband. Oh. Um, we decided we wanted to try and go to the same university. Yeah. And back when we went to college unbelievably, there was still a lot of places that would not rent to us because we were an unmarried couple. What? Yes, in the late 90s. Um, Yes, I know. I just (laughs) dated myself. Thank you. Um, Yeah, uh, we went to Morris and there was only one guy that would rent in town to college kids. And he was like, nope, you're not married. I'm not renting to you. And then we went, I don't, we, we went to a couple of different locations to look. And, you know, we got into Bemidji and, you know, found, ended up. And they had rent to you? It, yeah, we just, we <laughs> ended up, like, we we saw this sign and, you know, hey, there's space for rent. And we went in and, you know, we talked to the guy and we're like, you know, we're looking for a university and we're probably going to be coming up and. He's like, yeah, you know, I get turnover every year from, you know, from people moving out. And I know for a fact, I got, you know, a a set of girls moving out and they'll be moving out right around the time you'd be coming in. And if you want to put down a deposit, that's fine. And so that's how we ended up at Bemidji. We'd we'd both been accepted there. And I I mean, great university. And the fun part for me is then I get to tell people that I went to BSU.
0: Mm, Yes, that sounds important.
1: Or very, very funny if you think of it from the other perspective. (laughs) DSU. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit University. It's right. Got to, got to. Right. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's kind of fun for me, but um, <laughs> no, uh, they canceled my minor. So I had to come back. As you were year. going through it? Yeah. I was like, ah, yeah. it's gone. Yep. So I enrolled at the U of M, but could not afford, like most people trying to pay their way through college. Couldn't afford to go to college and keep a roof over my head and keep food in my belly. So I became a working stiff Mm -hmm. and, um, years go by. And one of my neighbors in Howard Lake, after we'd moved back out there, worked for an insurance company.
0: Okay. So you tried the U and you're like, man, I just can't make this go. Yeah. It's just too much. I got money. I I need to make money. I got tuition. I got to do my studies. I'm like squash.
1: Yeah, not gonna do it. Yeah, just couldn't have. So couldn't then you happen. just started working. Yep. Okay. Turned turned into a a working stiff. Yeah. Um. And I and I worked a lot of really hard jobs, so when you know when people say it's it's you know
0: like hard like hours or like hard like
1: hard physically physically hard hours hard. I worked overnights at hotels. I worked in housekeeping at hotels. Mm. Um. I was um. I would do wait, waitressing, oh, yeah, um, be a yeah, server. Um, yeah. so, I mean, and a lot of the things that if people have never done those jobs, they really take for granted how difficult some of those jobs are.
0: Right.
1: Um, so I if, have a
0: similar story. So I didn't start college right out of high school. I worked for a year Okay.
1: because
0: I was kind of a rowdy kid and I had some fines to pay off. Right. <laughs> it is what it is. Happens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're, we we were all young once. <laughs> right. We're not we're not messes. always we're not always the brightest bulbs when we're young. <laughs> right, right.
0: So I did concrete work for a year. Oh, now that that is some work, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I did that for a year. The, the guy that I worked for paid me cash $400, four hundred dollars, four one hundred dollar bills every Friday, and uh, sun up to sundown, five days a week, sometimes wow. six. And uh, so when you start college, I mean, you think about, okay, if I don't take this college thing seriously, this is what I'm looking at. You know, it's like, straight A's.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, I wish I could claim that. I was working overnights in college. So, um, funniest story for me from college was I was in the middle of my French final and I had had to work um, a shift and a half. Mm-hmm. So I had had to go in because somebody got sick. So I had had to go in. I want to say it was at like seven o'clock at night and work until like seven o'clock in the morning.
0: And do you think if you if you said no, I'm not coming in, would they have fired you? Uh,
1: it was a college town. There was a lot of people that were looking Good to make jobs. money. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, and I just wasn't raised that way. Like, yeah. no, your boss calls you, and you show up to work. Okay. You know, sure, that's sure. that's just kind of you know yeah. blue collar family. That's yeah. that's what you do. Yeah. Um, so. I fell asleep during my French final <laughs>
0: oh.
1: and my teacher, the guy from Normandy, um, literally kicked my desk up from underneath me. I'll <laughs> oh. wake you up in a hurry. I'll wake you up in a hurry. So, yeah. um, I went from being an AB student in high school to being like, there were classes I had to drop because I just couldn't handle the stretch too thin. Huh? Yeah. I just, I just, I couldn't handle the full-time work and the, and the schoolwork and, and keeping my grades up, yeah. especially working overnights. Right. Um, but, to this day, I still am able to concentrate better at 2, 3 in the morning than I am at, like, 8 or 9 in the morning. Really? Yep. Yeah. Because, well, I used to have to balance the hotel's yeah. books with yeah, a 10-key calculator and a pencil. So, at you know. Time of the day. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's when my brain is worrying. I do crypto quips at, like, 2 in the morning. It's weird. <laughs> don't give me started. I don't even know what that is. Uh, it
0: <laughs> Sounds like a game.
1: It is. It, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, um it's like a a code it's a spy code they take a phrase or something and they jumble up all the letters and turn the letters into something else so like a could equal j and then you have to figure out what the sentence is based off that gotcha no my
0: brain shuts off at 10. (laughs) if i'm not snoring by 10 (laughs) 30 there's something wrong
1: oh i wish (laughs) that'd be so nice um yeah no
0: Okay, so you went to the U for a while. You're like, ah, this ain't for me. I'm just gonna work for. I
1: actually, I didn't even make it in. Like, uh, I, I enrolled, and yeah. then like I got the cost for the books and stuff, and I'm like, You're kidding me. I'm like, I. You know,
0: that still blows my mind.
1: I'm like, I physically cannot swing that. A two hundred and fifty like, dollar
0: textbook, really? Right. You know, it's like. And
1: that's for a used one. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Like- yeah, so I, I I just I couldn't do it. So um, the the most disheartening thing for me is that I was one class away from getting my bachelor of arts. Oh shit. One class, um, and now I would have to start all over again. Oh man. And That's a bummer. In, in your forties, it's just, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got I got two kids, and in, in you know, one's almost in high school. She's in sixth grade. The other one's in eighth grade, going into ninth grade. I can't even comprehend the level of work they are doing at that, at their age now. Right. Like, my my daughter in sixth grade is doing stuff that I did as a ninth and tenth grader in math. And I'm like, there's no way I would do a college class now. There's no way. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so anyway, uh, so So, my neighbor.
0: So you did some hard jobs right out of college then, Yeah, And then somehow that... Developed into insurance.
1: Well, so I had a neighbor that worked for an insurance company and I was for like a
0: carrier or an agency a
1: brokerage firm. Okay, and so um, I At the time I every job I've ever had I've always ended up in management mm-hmm. So at the time I was managing a, a large chain jewelry store here in Minnesota um, I was one of the many managers they had. There was like four managers and then a regional, and I was one of the four store managers. Mm-hmm. And I was just getting burnt out. Okay. It just it, it wasn't for me. I, retail hours. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but just the the culture of the retail industry was not for me. And when, I, um, when
0: I hear management too, I think a lot of times you get stuck in like an, almost like a babysitter. Yeah. Uh, position.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Right. Yes. And, and for me, I'm I'm very much so I like to help people, and I like to reward people for what they do. And this particular chain of stores did not feel that way. Um, it was very much so, we're going to reward the people at the top, and the people who are actually out walking the floor for 10 hours a day on carpeted concrete, Ah, they're fine. They're a dime a dozen. And that, that just doesn't work with my... Yeah. my personality type um especially having been that person that walked yeah. the the you know um so i was always in a constant clash yeah so, i'm with you
0: i mean sure this is an entry-level position right? right but that doesn't give you a right to treat them like crap and right. without them you're out of business
1: and and i literally out of business. i literally said that once in a meeting where they said that they were going to give all the managers raises and i'm like well what about the staff and the, they're like well no, because you guys run, and I'm like, no, because without them, we wouldn't be here.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, our our store would not have made this amount of money to get this whatever, I can't even remember what they called it now, bonus or whatever. I'm like, we wouldn't be there without these people. Yeah. And, oh, man, they're like, it it was. Are you crazy? Oh, they, it was, I was getting beat up on all sides, and that was the end for me. That one was the end for me. I'm like, that's not my personality type. I can't. Take advantage of people like that. Yeah. Um, so, well, good for you. I yeah. I went home and I went across the street to my neighbor who was my friend and I'm like, you know, do you know anybody in your building that's hiring? I don't care. I will answer phones. I do not care. I have to get out of where I am. And she's like, you know, it's really funny that you came over. I was going to come over and talk to you tonight. What? Our, yeah. She goes. Our secretary walked out the door today, just out the door. Pretty she's true. like she goes, I know you can type. She goes, I know I know you can write well. Um, she goes, would you be willing to just come and answer the phone and do stuff? And I said, well, sure. And she goes, okay, well, we, we hired a temp just for a week or two so that we can get all the paperwork and everything shuffled around. She goes, hand me your resume. I'll bring it in tomorrow and then we'll call you. So I emailed her my resume and she calls me. She's like, hey, can I come over quick? And I'm like, sure. She's got the owner of the company who she's friends with on the phone. And he's like, well, our secretary was the sister to one of our underwriting assistants. Mm. Secretary left, sister left. So they're like, now we have two positions open. They're like, do you know somebody who would want the secretary position? I'm looking at your resume and I think you would be fine as an underwriting assistant. I think you would do a really good job there. And I was like. I'm, you know, if you're willing to hire somebody without the experience, I'm willing to give it a go and try and learn. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. And thus started my insurance career.
0: How old were you at the time? Uh
1: 22, 23. Okay. Um, ago. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been in the industry for 20 some 19, okay. 20 years.
0: So, your first position in insurance was an underwriting assistant. Yeah. And what were the other positions you filled along the way?
1: Um, so <laughs> I had two different companies and never left that same desk because one got bought out. So that's always fun. Um, You stay in the same cubicle, but you work for somebody new. (laughs) Uh, Then I went over to the agency side and I worked on the agency side for a while. Um, Discovered that I liked working on the brokerage side much better. So um, The back office stuff more. Yeah, so went back over to the brokerage side because I don't know if it's the fact that I wanted to be a teacher. I love being able to teach people, mm. you know, like this is why we do this. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up back at a brokerage firm and then I knew some folks over at MWCIA and they had an underwriting position open. Mm. And I was part of uh, an insurance organization called the Insurance Professionals of, wait, right. IAIP, International Association of Insurance Professionals. Okay um, Sorry, guys. Uh, I no longer remember there, but I had a lot of contacts, oh. and um, so they said, "Hey, can you blast this out to your contacts? Because you know we're looking for somebody." And so I did, and so I was, you know, I had somebody who worked at MWCIA that was part of it with me, and um, I happened to be the regional vice president at the time. So they were like, you know, "Hey," mm. and finally they called me up, and they're like, "Why are you not applying?"
0: At the MWCIA, <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: And I said, because I like my job. Like, I really do. Like, I, I love the agents that I work with. I have a great rapport with them.
0: And again, this was at the brokerage you
1: Yeah. Okay. And, and I, I said, I built up my book of business. I, I get along gangbusters with my underwriting assistant. Like, like stuff's going good. Like, I, you know, I don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. And they're like, no, we really think you're the one. Like, we need you to come over and interview And then they laid down the benefits package, and it was one of those things where, you know, I was a mom, my kids were young at the time, um, and, boy, they gave me every other Friday off. Like, this is my Friday off. Nice. So, um, with two kids at home, and I get a weekday off, that means I can go volunteer at their school and I don't have to take time off. Yeah. That means I can go pick them up from school. Yeah. You know? It's it's all, it's all these little things, and, and just, I mean, they wouldn't have even had to pay me better, but they did. Um, but just that extra day off, Brandon, don't watch that.
0: <laughs> yeah, Brandon. Um,
1: but, I mean, it, it's just been, I, I can't say enough great things about it. I mean, with everything I've done in the insurance industry, I can say definitively that there is not one other industry that offers so many opportunities to people. I mean, I could have gone anywhere in this industry once I got into that underwriting position. Right. I could have moved to a carrier,
0: yeah.
1: you know, instead of a brokerage firm. I could have moved into claims. I could have moved into adjusting. I could have moved into actuarial. There's all these different things you can do. And if you love helping people and you love teaching people, there's right. not one industry that I don't think fits any better.
0: Yeah. And I think proof is on the pudding from, you know, I feel like the people I know, um, uh, once again, they never planned on getting into insurance, right. but once they're in it, they don't ever leave. Right. You know?
1: Right. Yeah. So that's a good sign. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, you, you get, this is guys, this is literally what insurance is like. This is, <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> we literally just kind of sit around and talk all day, <laughs> but we actually are working when we do this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, so how long you been at the MWCI now,
1: uh, going on seven years. Okay. Time flies when you're having fun. Well, huh? Yeah. And I mean, again, it's, we have a different setup there than, than, you know, like for underwriting, um, because we are the front end administrator of the assigned risk department. So mm. we can't tell anybody no. So you're not necessarily underwriting who the risk is like you would at a, at a regular underwriting job. Yeah. They're coming in and they're coming in. Like yeah. there's no if, ands, or buts. So you're writing them a policy. So what we do from an underwriting perspective, as far as um, the assigned risk department goes, is we basically check class codes. We check to make sure that the description that what was given to us matches the class code that's going on to the policy. Mm. And then um, we help agents when they call in, you know, hey, I don't know how to classify this. What should it be? Um, you know, we do stuff like that but it's not a traditional underwriting role. Yeah.
0: Approved or declined. None of that. None of that. Approved.
1: They're all approved. Yeah, okay. we don't We don't have a choice. They are yeah. all approved, which is which is, was, believe me, coming from a, a traditional underwriting perspective. Mind shift. Yeah. Boy, was that a mind shift. Yeah. 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 I was like, wait a minute, what?
0: <laughs> we got okay. to take, take all this? <laughs> I don't want it.
1: I actually had a couple of those where I was like, they're doing what again? Oh, wait, I can't say no. <laughs> you know, the stamp of approval. <laughs>
0: yeah, strange.
1: So, yeah.
0: Huh. Uh, I guess a couple more things I wanted to touch on before I wrap it up was the MCPAP credit. Yes. Minnesota Contractors, Contractors Premium Adjustment, Adjustment Program. program credits, Correct. And uh, the class you offer. You mentioned it uh, a little bit ago just touched on it. You mentioned that like you, you like to teach mm-hmm. people, right? Uh, so I guess let's go to the MCPAP credit, yes. right? Um, can you talk a little bit about what it is, who might qualify, the application process, and, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, so the Minnesota Contractors Premium Adjustment Program, uh, we have lovingly termed it the MCPAP, um, because that's a really long word to say. Um, so what that is, is it's for contractors that pay prevailing wage we are aware that there are contractors in the state that do not pay prevailing wage and that they can underbid our regular contractors and because they don't pay our prevailing wage their work comp is going to be cheaper all of that like it, it all comes into play now what the McPAT factor was designed to do and how is would you i defi-
0: sorry how would you define prevailing wage it's like uh Industry average
1: wage? In no. Area? So every year when uh, our actuarial, our actuaries go through um, their information, they set what that should be. And they use, I don't even know how they come up with it, I'll be honest. I'm not even going to get into it. They come up with but a number. They, they come up with a number and they say, if you pay your people over this dollar amount, yep. then you qualify for the McCoy. And it, it changes every year it goes up by inflation and they review it every single year. I think this year it's $28, if I remember correctly. Um, I can look it up for sure and let you know it's out on our website. So um, you can apply for it online. It's super easy. If you don't qualify, uh, the system just won't let you finish the application. Let's say you qualify and then you realize after the fact, oops, I put in some wrong information, I need to go back and correct it. All you have to do is log back in you know, and just Start filling it out again, and you'll get this little box that'll pop up, and it'll say, "Oh, we already have an application for you." Are you? Did you need to revise any of that information? And you click a little box and say yes, and you're done. Yeah. Nice. Um, so it, we we try and make it as easy as possible for the contractors. We understand that you know keeping paperwork is not what a, somebody in contracting wants to do. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. It's, paperwork is the last thing on their mind. They're working, you know, an awful hard job, and they just want to get their job done and go home.
0: Yeah, and this uh, MCPAP credit can be substantial.
1: It can be, yes.
0: What's I mean? What's a, a higher credit that you've seen out there?
1: Honestly, I don't have my work laptop with me, okay. so I I, I can't. Well, I, can tell tell it. I can tell you. <laughs> I can tell you. I
0: can tell you. I have one client right now that's getting twenty percent off their work comp premium. Nice.
1: 20%, Good for them. Twenty percent. Yeah, that's
0: huge. Yeah. Good I mean, for them. I mean, if they're you know they're right around the one hundred and fifty thousand dollar mark as far as total premium, so. I mean, they're they're looking at like a little over $30,000 off.
1: Yeah, that's great. Good for them.
0: That's huge. So it doesn't hurt to apply for it. I mean, you fill up the paperwork, you either get accepted or declined. And if you get the credit, then they'll let you know how much your credit is.
1: Right. And then it automatically gets applied. Like they don't have to do anything else. All they have to do is turn in the application. If you're approved and you get the credit, then it's automatically applied. Your your insured has to do nothing else. Your carrier gets notified. It gets put on your policy.
0: Yeah. And what's the deadline for that for the application? April
1: first. April first. So April you can. Yep. Yeah, so you can start filling it out in January. That it always opens up in January. Because yep. you're
0: recording then, payroll for that previous year. Correct.
1: Right. Um, I can't remember if it's the pr- first previous year or if it's two That's years. Correct. I think okay. it's two years back okay. because we need to have the we need to be able to look at the audited information. Audit. Okay, Because um, we need to be able to verify. Yep.
0: Um,
1: so um, I don't remember where I was now. I apologize. January first. So April January first to April first. Yep. Dates. And then depending on when your effective date is of your policy. You can have a 0.02 penalty applied if you apply after April 1st. Okay. But here's the kicker, and this is where it starts to get a little bit confusing, and I apologize for those who are listening. Um, You only have 90 days after the effective date of your policy to apply. Okay. So let's say your effective date of your policy is let's see, April, May, June. So let's say it's May 15th. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And deadline was April 1st yep. you can still apply because it's nine it's within 90 days of that effective date of your policy okay right Yep. so if you have questions about that about okay can I still apply with this would this still work just give us a call mm-hmm. because each case is going to be individual mm-hmm. so you know I, I hate throwing hypotheticals out on the table but even the penalty
0: is just is it two percent
1: point zero two yeah uh,
0: so if you get rather than getting a 20 percent credit you might get an 18 percent credit so, I mean, might as well apply
1: right. it. But. Um, the only downside to the MCPAP is is that for contractors who are close to a 1.00 on their experience mod, mm-hmm. it will drive up your experience mod. So A let's, little bit. Yes. Yep. So if and, and it's not a lot. Like you said, it's just a little bit. But um, I know for contractors, unfortunately, they are based on their experience mods. Now, we've tried to tell people over and over and over again, do not use experience mods as a as a basis for a contractor, yeah. So
0: contractors sometimes, uh, if their mod gets above one, that will keep uh, them from getting a job. Yeah, they're not allowed to bid on a job right. or work on a particular job because the general overseeing that job views them that contractor as an unsafe
1: worker. Right, right? and and that's not all. Seriously, that is not always the case. And, right. and we have tried to tell people. Numerous times, do not do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be an auto accident that wasn't your insurance fault, and it's gonna, you know, wasn't your yeah. your employee's fault, and it's gonna drive up your mod. It yeah. has nothing to do with you being a safe employer or mm-hmm. not. Right. Regardless, we know what happens. Right. So, if it drive if that McPap drives your mod up above a one point zero zero, and now you are being kept from bidding on jobs, you can send us a letter on your company stationery. And tell us what year you want us to take off. So let's say it's the most current year. Hey, this you don't even have to tell us it drove your mod up. You can just say, hey, I applied for and got the McPath factor and Mm -hmm. it and I want to have it removed. Yeah. And we can it's an optional program. So if you tell us you don't want your McPath factor, we can take it off.
0: Yeah, but we're talking like, okay, your mod is like one point zero two and you can take that credit, that McPath credit off, maybe get it under a one. But if your mod is a 1.7, that's not
1: taking the McPap back off. No, isn't going to do it anything. It might that. bring it no.
0: down to a 1.65 or something. But Maybe, it's, yeah. yeah.
1: And 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 that depends too on um, whether or not your experience modification factor is limited. Yeah. Which is a whole another thing that we can get into if you want me to. Um, I I wrote the the uh, computer based trainings for the experience mods out on our um, website. Okay. Um, so anybody who has a question about experience mods, any one of your employers, um, it's a series of three. Okay. They're roughly 20 minutes. Okay. It's like 18 minutes and 19 minutes and 15 minutes. So about what
0: the mod is, how it, it works.
1: How to read your worksheets, how it works, how it's factored. It literally breaks down the whole thing. Nice. Um, That's so online? it's online it's free M- for anybody
0: Nwcia.org. correct
1: Yep. scroll down uh, right on our home page you don't have to go anywhere just scroll down and you'll see um online training uh-huh. and it's in the underwriting section oh cool so and there again it's it's three of them so you can choose whichever one you you need to have but mm-hmm. um we don't get into in there we don't get into a limited mod a whole lot um but if you get an experience mod worksheet And I apologize for the abbreviation experience modification worksheet and where it shows that number in the box where it shows what your mod is in the box, if you see an asterisk next to that, it means your mod has been limited, Mm. which means the system automatically said judging by this insured and how much their payroll is and you know, and, and the, the class code that they're in, we don't think this insured could handle the mod they actually have. And so, yeah. So you'll see in a in a little asterisk next to the box. And so then if you look on that experience mod worksheet, if you look up right at the tail end of the actual calculation, you'll see their real mod. So a lot of times what happens is um, we had an insured um, right before I started, I think, um, who had a disgruntled ex-employee come in and shoot up the place oh and there was God. a lot of injuries and this particular company's mod went up above a 3. Oh, but because the system looked at it and, and it's all computerized. Like we our actuaries don't sit down with the, you know, millions of companies we have in Minnesota and figure it out by hand. This is all computerized. Yeah. So the information comes in from the carrier on what's called a unit stack card. Yeah. And the carriers if they make a mistake can revise that. Um and then the system takes that information and just automatically promulgates that mod okay now if that mod is limited so like in this case that particular company had over a three but the mod the actual mod that was issued i think was like a 1.56 because
0: that's all did they take that claim off in this like okay without that claim that's what this mod is going to be no
1: um i there's a specific formula for that okay i and (laughs) Again, not not the math girl. um So, what do the carriers
0: look at then? The limited
1: mod, or the the limited. The, the carriers limited. get the limited. That's the only thing the carriers will see. And unless um, your insured has asked to have a do not release on their mod, all mods are public knowledge. Do so, not
0: release. That's a thing.
1: Yes. Yes. Your. Let's say um, your insured, your contractor, who's getting such a great, um, on such a back. great credit. Let's right. say. Um, they're sick and tired of having all sorts of, you know, XYZ agents calling them all the time because they're happy with you. They can literally send us a letter at the MWCIA and their company letterhead and say, do not release my mod. Don't publish. Right.
0: It's still released to the carrier. It's
1: released to the carrier and to the insured. That's it. You as the agent don't even get to see it. Oh, Interesting. So if somebody were to try and look them up on our website, because yeah. you can look up every carrier or every, excuse me, every insured in Minnesota who has a mod, if you know their name, you can literally look them up in our system and see what their mods are to like, I think back to 1995, I think. That's how far back it was. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it just, The whole you know, history. Yeah. The whole history. Yeah. I mean,
0: that's one of my prospecting. That's what I do. I yeah. look I look up debit mods. Yeah. They obviously got a problem yep. that hopefully I can fix, you know? Right. Yeah. That's interesting that um, you can like make, make it not public. Would you call it a do not release? Do not release. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and I will tell you, there are some companies that do that. Yeah. Um, not very many, um, and it it can get to be a little bit of an issue sometimes because they'll forget that they tell us that, and then they want <laughs> to go out and go shopping, uh, and then and they no have agents a, it, no so. agents can see it. No agents can see it. Only their current carrier can see it, not the carrier that's going to quote it. So then it becomes kind of an issue. So um, it's something that we offer, but it's not like we don't advertise it like out on, you know, our social media or anything. But you can do it. No, one thing I really
0: like about the uh, MWCIA versus NCCI is that I can look up mods for free. Yes. NCCI charges me six bucks.
1: And I believe, don't they have a stipulation on there that you have to be the agent or something?
0: Um, I think to get the mod worksheet, uh, I have to get uh, written authorization for the worksheet.
1: It's been so long since I've used their their system um, that I honestly, I I don't remember. Um, You know, it's... I just remember, boy, back when I was on the agency side, there was only like two people in our office that were allowed to look up mods because of the, there was something about you—you you had to have something authorization, yeah, of some sort. something in order to look it up. So that's all I remember about it. But yeah, ours are, ours are free unless you want the actual worksheets. Okay. If you want the actual worksheets, then you have to pay for them. Unless you're the insured or the carrier, yeah. You You automata- Agents. Agents have to pay for. Them. Yes.
0: They're right around twenty bucks, right?
1: Uh well it it depends. Um it depends on what you want to do. If you okay. want just a single one, if you want to do a silver membership which gets you um 20 of them, um that's 150 bucks or you can do a platinum membership which gives you access to um I think it's the rate making report and unlimited experience months. Oh, yeah.
0: All year for flat All year fee. for a flat fee. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Okay, um this class Uh, You mentioned that you can do this class for employers with these different uh, entities. Can you tell us a little bit about the class, Um, why uh, some things that might be discussed and why why an employer might be interested in having the class?
1: Yeah, so um, the employer goes to um, their locations and they hold them around the state, um, so we do travel. Um, give me just a second here. I'm pulling it up. It actually comes up as a tax workshop if mm-hmm. you google it um, So it's the employment taxes and employer responsibilities seminar, okay. seminar. Yep and it covers um and I'm just reading this right from um the IRS website, um uh which had if you Google Minnesota tax seminars and then deed, D E E D, it'll pull up. Okay. Um so it covers in-depth discussions of worker status, who qualifies as an independent contractor and who is not. Mm. They go into the nine factor test. Mm-hmm. Um, tax withholding and deposit rules, quarterly and annual report filing requirements, unemployment insurance tax rate assignment, and wage reporting. They give overviews of labor standards, wage and hour. That's part of what the Fed IRS is there for. Mm-hmm. Um, workers' compensation, that's what we do. Uh, new hire reporting rules. And um, I don't know if we still have this in there. It, the, the curricula changes mildly every year. Um, but we used to have a section in there, the department of homeland security requirements. Mm. And I don't know if that's like, you know, new hires or that. And I don't know if that's still part of it, but, um, again, it's been a year or so, you know, sure. there's probably going to be a little bit of changes, but yeah. we do, uh, travel around and, and, you know, we, we do a lot of them in the Metro. We go up to Duluth, we go out toward Fargo, um, down to Rochester, so, uh, over to Stillwater.
0: Is it typically in, um, in a place in like a lecture hall or something that several business owners attend yes. at the same time? Yes. It's not done at a one specific business.
1: No, um, you could probably do that if you wanted to, you know, if you had, um, if, you know, if you had like a, well, I don't know But ty-
0: typically, several business owners yeah. are attending this at well, the same
1: yeah. time. Well, and, yeah, and so we'll get, like, school districts that come, and they'll send their accounting folks. Um, sure. We'll get new business owners. We always have contractors. There's always one or two contractors in the class, uh, truckers, couriers, um, tax professionals are always in the class. So, and, and it lit- literally, it covers a very broad range spectrum. Um, we've had attorneys in the class, so. Gotcha. Okay, cool.
0: Well, uh, I guess to wrap things up, if a business owner has questions on their assigned risk work comp policy or their experience mod and uh, they want to reach out to Danny, how do they get a hold of Danny?
1: Um, so I can give you my direct dial if you want. Okay. Uh, it's 952 952- okay. 897 897- 897- 6410- 6410. 6410. Or uh, if you are more the, um, I don't want to talk to somebody on the phone, which mm. totally understand that's mm. the way the world's moving to. Millennials. Yes. Um, <laughs> I freely admit I'm getting there too. <laughs> I, I would rather chat somebody than pick up the phone and call them. Um, it's Danny, D A N I dot Maine, main, M A I N at M W C I A dot org.
0: Cool. Awesome, Denny. You've been a wor- wealth of information. Um, I can tell you've been in insurance for a long time. You, you know a lot about it.
1: Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> insurance geek. Sorry. Yeah. Oh,
0: no, it's great. It's great. I appreciate your time and um, and thanks for coming.
1: Yeah,
0: All not right. a problem. So right. it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Danny. Not a problem. <laughs> awesome. Well, good job.